Okay, are you ready? Let's go to the Word of God then. Heavenly Father, we honor you today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for a great service of your presence. I pray that the words of my mouth would carry your weight, your truth, your authority. And Lord, just let it carry your encouragement to the people today. That great things, God things, good things are about to take place in this nation, in the earth, and really their lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. All right, I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. I want to read the Christmas story. I always like to do this. One of the things that we do uh, every Christmas. How many of you have a tradition that you do at your home? Maybe you eat, you know, you know, a certain food. Anybody have like a certain food that you eat at Christmas? You know, like uh, one year we, we tried. I don't know if there, my wife was trying to introduce a new tradition, but we had like, what was it, goose or something like that, Brenda? That was the nastiest thing I had at Christmas <laughs> in my entire life. And I'm sorry if that's your Christmas tradition, but there was something foul about that thing, man. I'm serious. I'm like, bring on the turkey, bring on the mashed potatoes, the, the ham, all that stuff. But have you ever had goose? It's, you like it? Okay, that's fine. Maybe yours was cooked. Yeah, Brenda about set the house on fire, but we decided never to have it again. But some people, you know, it's a Christmas, you know, uh, meal or something like that, or something that we like to do is uh, one year we were, we decided to, to act out, the kids were younger, we decided to act out the Christmas story, and, and uh, so I got to be the three wise men, uh, and so I kind of put, you know, one of those brown paper bags over my head, and I created some cartoon character faces, and we acted it out, you know, but I like to always read the Christmas story every Christmas. I think it's very helpful, especially in today's society where a lot of people don't even know it, they don't even say, you know, you go to the store and they, they, they say happy holidays, and I always stop and I always say Merry Christmas. Christmas. And you know what? They all want to say it. They're just waiting for somebody to say it. So, you know, I've just been in, inundating that around, you know, Merry Christmas. Let's just say that. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Doesn't that sound great? Yeah. Now I'm going to say Happy Holidays. Nah. No, Merry Christmas. Let's say it again. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. I like that. All right, let's read. Luke chapter 2, I'll read it to you. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, and every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angels were away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that he had heard, that they had heard and seen, and it was told unto them. I want you to know as we read that story, isn't that beautiful? That you can find what I will title my message. I usually don't title message because half the time I don't know what I'm going to preach. But I felt very strong. I, I'll never forget it. It was one um, day last week. I had gotten up around 2 something in the morning to pray. I always like to pray around 2, 2.30, 3, 3.30 in the morning. And I was uh, sitting in my massage chair, you know, the one you got me for my, I won't even say how old it was, 50 something years of age when I turned 50. And anyway, and so I was uh, getting massaged and I was praying and I said, Lord, I don't even have a Christmas message. And uh, it'd be helpful if you give me something. And so he said to me, he said, really? And I looked up and I said, that is an interesting answer that your response to me is really, I don't have a Christmas message. He said, really? I said it again. He said, my message hasn't changed. And then it hit me, the unchanged Christmas message. Now you say, well, what is that unchanged Christmas message? We're going to find out. But here's the thing. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 2 because this is oftentimes associated with the very scene that I said. But you'll find that Jesus in the story I just read you was in a manger. But now in this story or talking about Jesus, he's in a house. So there had been some time frame. But I want to draw your attention to something because it has to do with the unchanged Christmas message I'm going to show you in just a moment. And it has to do with something that's about to happen uh, December 21st, which is tomorrow. People have been talking about it. They're calling it the Christmas star where Jupiter and Saturn are supposed to align and make the appearance. Now, some people say that it has not showed up uh, for 1,200 years, but then others are saying, no, it can be documented 1,200 years. But then also about 400 years ago, on the very day that the Mayflower uh, was crossing and they came into the United States, that star guided them, and that star was there welcoming them as they dedicated this nation to Almighty God. Now, isn't it interesting? In the very 400 years later, even if this is the Christmas star of the book of Matthew that I'm going to read to you, some of the same things were taking place, not only with the, the time of the Mayflower, but also the time of Jesus' birth. There was political unrest uncertainty, chaos. It was a very dark time in history. How many understand that? So for this star to appear, God was sending a message that he wanted his people to hear. And I believe that it's the same message that he's sharing, no matter if it was the time of the Christmas star, if it was the time of 1,200 years ago, or the time 400 years ago when the Mayflower came, God is speaking a message to us that he has not forsaken us. He's sending us a message of his goodness and his love. So let's look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says, When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now, nowhere does it say that there was three wise men, but we often think of that because their names, you know, uh, their names were gold, frank, and myrrh. And so we know that, but, but notice what they said. Verse 2, Where is he that was born king of the Jews? 
For we have what? Seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them until it came and stood over where Jesus was. I believe that part of the Christmas star that's about to appear, and they say that you can go tomorrow, uh, two hours, up to two hours after sunset, and look in the southwest part of the hemisphere, and you can look for this star if you're here in the United States. And I believe, notice that phrase, and the star stood where Jesus was. I believe in all my heart, in the midst of darkness and chaos, political unrest, God is sending a message to us. Jesus is invading this planet again. Amen? So part of the Christmas message that the Lord is sharing that's unchanged is God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That's the Christmas message. He, he's the baby, the child uh, born in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. But the star revealed this awakening. It revealed this, now are you ready? This visitation of Jesus. Listen, there's nothing greater that can heal a nation. There's nothing greater that can heal a family. There's nothing greater that can heal your heart than a visitation of Jesus in your life, your nation, your city. And so I want you to make sure, and those of you that are watching, I don't know in what part of the world you're watching from, maybe the star doesn't appear there, but here in the United States, I want you over the next few days to look up and look for that star and begin to thank God for his visitation that something of God is beginning to shift over the earth. How many know that's part of his message? But there was another message. I want us to go back to what I read to you at the beginning of our time here together in Luke chapter 2. And I want us to look at verses 13 through 14 because I really believe that this is still the unchanged Christmas message that we have to get a hold of. Perhaps you're facing something. You've been in fear. You've been in anxiety. Maybe you've been in some kind of chaos. Maybe you're in worry. Maybe you're fretting over what is going to take place in the next few weeks, months, whatever. What is 2021 going to look like? I want you to understand what God said to me in that massage chair. He, he, he said, really, my message has not changed. He's the same today or yesterday, today, and forever. So what is the message? Look at Luke chapter 2. Look at verses 13 through 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, saying, watch this. Now here's the message. Are you ready? Glory to God in the what? In the highest. You can't get any higher than the most high. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on in the earth, in, in the nation you live in, you cannot get more powerful or higher than the most high. Amen. Isn't that comforting to know that he sets up kings and tears down others? He is the mighty God. He is the undisputed heavyweight champion. He's never, ever, ever, or will he ever lose a fight. That's the God that we serve. So glory to God in the highest. Watch this. The message continues. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Now, I want you to notice that. Let's go back and look at that in verse 14. Because when that announcement of the unchanged Christmas message of glory to God in the highest, on earth peace and goodwill towards men, I want you to see that there were two realms discussed. 
You say, well, Pastor Hank, why is that important that there were two realms discussed? Because you have to understand, it's what we prayed today. It's what Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. How many remember the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed it be thy name. Watch this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Watch. On earth as it is where? In heaven. God has always wanted to have heaven and earth be in in, 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 in synergy together, you could say. It wasn't until sin entered into the world through, you know, the sin of Adam, we've all sinned, that there was that separation. It's why God the Father had to send Jesus back into the earth. But when Adam was walking in the cool of the day with God, there was such a synergy between heaven and earth. And in fact, he was able to, to operate Adam in two realms the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. And so what I want you to understand is if it's just up to us trying to figure life out in this earthly realm, we are all duped. Looking at the headlines, whatever they may read and whatever they may say, if you're looking at natural solutions only, you're going to be in fear. You're going to be in anxiety. You're going to be in panic. You're going to think that there's no hope for our future. You're going to put your trust in kings and leaders and, and, and politics. But if you understand that peace on earth and goodwill towards men because the announcement was glory to God in the highest, that's heaven. And on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. There was a glorious blend of heaven and earth. That you are not without an intercessor. You are not without an attorney, Jesus Christ. You are not without help. You are not without hope. You are not without supernatural intervention of God himself. Because of the birth of Jesus, it blended heaven and earth. You, in the natural, can live every single day in the supernatural. That means you, when you pray, people who don't pray, you know what you're doing? When you don't pray, you're depending on everything to work out in the natural void of the spiritual. You're having problems in relationships? Put your relationships in the things of the Spirit, the Word of God and prayer. Your marriage, do the same thing. Why? Because then what you're going to do is you're going to take this unchanged Christmas message of glory to God in the highest. You can't get any higher than God and bring that blend and bring peace to your situation, peace to your marriage, peace to your boyfriend, girlfriend, peace to your kids, peace to your finances. Come on, peace over your work, peace over your mind, peace over whatever it is that you're facing. It was a heavenly blend. God is a coffee maker. Amen. The book of Hebrews declares that and all that. But God has the perfect blend. Amen. So that's what I want to encourage you with today. If you are afraid, if you feel like there's nothing going to get any better, you're looking at only things on the earth and you realize that the Christmas message was the injection of Jesus Christ back into the earth. God giving to us the ability now to have access in heaven. We don't have to go through a pastor. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through anybody. We can go directly to God himself and have that glorious divine supernatural intervention 
Isn't that beautiful? Now, you might look and you might say, well, if, that, if the Christmas message is peace on earth, it sure doesn't look like it. There's been wars for thousands and thousands of years. And even Jesus said in the book of, of Matthew, he said, listen, I didn't come to bring peace on, on earth. I came to bring a sword. So which one is it, God? Is it peace or is it a sword? Well, it's both. It's both. And so when the angels were announcing that day, that unchanged Christmas message about peace on earth, they weren't ignorant of the fact that there would be wars and rumors of wars. What they were declaring is something that God had waited for thousands and thousands of years that was lost the minute Adam and Eve grabbed a hold of the forbidden fruit of the garden. Because of one man's sin, we all sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Man was separate from God. Man no longer had access to God or to heaven. But now Jesus, the swaddling the child in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, was proof that God was sending his peace towards man and that it would be completely satisfied in the gift of his son. He's not mad at us. And he would send this baby born to die to be the punishment, the overpayment for our sins. Look at Isaiah, for example, uh, chapter 50. Uh, 52 verse 14 look at what it says this is so powerful it says that he appeared his appearance was marred more than any man so when you see the christmas story just remember how it ends that jesus was horribly beaten and crucified and whipped they tore his beard out they spit in his face they you know hit him over the head and called him a false prophet a blasphemer but then if you keep reading and go to the book of Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5, you see where this peace on earth comes in. It's not that there isn't going to be wars or people aren't going to be at war with one another or the Thanksgiving dinners and Christmas gatherings are always going to be peaceful. It just means that God's, uh, his wrath towards man's sin has been satisfied through Jesus Christ. But notice what Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, that he was wounded for our transgressions. Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. He took the punishment of our peace, and it was laid upon him. Now, I want you to see something also. Let's go back to Luke chapter 2. I want you to look at verse 14. Let's look at that. Now, it affected two realms, heaven and earth. So no matter what you're facing, you can always, you know, have your faith and your trust in the fact that he is a supernatural God that desires to bring your natural to supernatural. But the other thing is there was two results, okay? Two results were being announced by the angels. Notice this, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So the first result is if you will connect to the God of glory who is in heaven and there's no one higher than him, guess what the next thing that begins to happen? You will begin to experience peace on your earth. Your world, your garden, your home, your marriage, your finances, your relationships. But when people, they don't understand, they're looking for the one result, but they don't realize, just as there was two blends, heaven and earth, there was two results. God wants us to understand that if we will put him first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, watch, all other things will be added where? On earth, to you, for you. 
So it's not just the blend of two realms. It's, it's also two results. When you glorify God first in your life, you know, I don't get uh, upset and, and shaken by a lot of things because I have a deep, deep, and I'm not saying this arrogant. Moses knew the ways of God. So does this man. I know the character and heart of God. Well, how can you say that? That sounds arrogant. No, 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 no. That's a man who, who, who has been in romance with his God. I've been before the face of God. I stay before the face of God. So I'm not worked up. I'm not jacked up. I'm not a mess in my life. I'm not walking around, oh, just about to have a nervous breakdown. I, I, I'm not moved by things that people say. That's why I don't watch the news. Because I recognize glory to God in the highest. He is the most high God. Ain't nothing going to get over him. And as long as I seek his face, watch the next thing that happens. Look, put the verse back up. Peace on earth. Peace in my life. I have access to God. There's nothing that separates me. All I have to do is say, God. Sometimes the greatest prayer you can pray, we're faith people, is what Peter did when he was sinking. He didn't even quote the word. He just said, help. <laughs> How many of you ever said help? Yeah. Help. <laughs> say it by faith, though. <laughs> Not an unbelief. All right, now watch. So I want to show you this about peace because peace is so important. Again, it's not that there won't be, you know, any, you know, end to wars and, and tragedies and stuff. It just simply means that God has injected himself. His wrath has been satisfied through the payment that Jesus made on the cross for us. But I want you to see something. The main point of peace. Jesus said this. Look at John 14, verse 27. Peace is something that you can receive. Something that you can pray for. It's available to you by, notice, the Prince of Peace. Notice what Jesus said. My peace I give to you. So how many of you have received Jesus? Then you ought to be at peace. Because glory to God in the highest. You have the highest one living in you. So therefore, nothing should be shaking you up and making you upset and getting all wigged out about life. Right? He said, my peace I leave with you. Okay, so Jesus, if uh, I invited you in my heart, you live there. Now watch this. I'm going to prove it to you. Isaiah chapter 9, we often read this. We sang about it, about the government shall be on his shoulder. But look at Isaiah chapter 9, because Jesus, if he's left his peace with us, then it means the next thing we can start having is, watch this. Remember the, remember the unchanged message? Glory to God in the highest. I honor him first. I seek him first. What's the next thing? I'm going to start experiencing peace. I'm going to start experiencing God's intervention. I'm going to start experiencing favor. I'm going to start experiencing joy. I'm going to be at peace with things that are happening. I'm going to trust God. Now watch. And I'm going to also receive goodwill in my life. I'm going to receive God's goodness towards me. Amen. I'm not going to have a bad day. Every day is going to be good. Man, are you drunk? Yep, on the most high. I'm serious. Jesus wasn't lying when he said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He didn't say except on certain days. Except menopause. Why did I even say that? I have no clue. My Lord Jesus.
Okay, let's move on, please. <laughs> Why I said that? There's a prophetic anointing in here. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. But I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 9. Look at verse 6. For a child is born unto us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Oh, every government, come on, shall rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Watch this. Prince of what? Peace. peace. So, he says, I've given you my peace, so we need to receive it. In fact, Paul even called uh, Jesus is our peace. But I want you to know this. Part of the angel's announcement, when you start being about glorying, glorifying God in the highest, in other words, when you are about worship, there was one night, oh, a few nights ago, where I could feel the intense warfare of things. And I thought, well, I'm going to get up. And I thought, no, I'm not going to get up. I'm going to lay right here in bed. And I could feel the intensity of things. And I thought, ah, I should get up and pray. I said, nope, I'm going to lay right here. <laughs> and I laid in my bed, and guess what I did? I just worshiped and worshiped and worshiped and worshiped and began to glorify God. And you know, I, I don't know how long I worshiped. I think I was awake from like 2 to like 4 in the morning just worshiping on my bed. Okay, the dogs were snoring. Brenda was, well, I won't tell you what she was doing. But, but anyway, so guess what began to flood the room? Peace. Guess what began? I began to feel peace and God's goodness being extended to what I believe I was interceding even for in my worship. Are you here? Now, there's three types of peace. Are you ready? Number one, there's peace with God. Romans 5, verse 1. It says this, therefore, being justified by faith. How I many you know justified means? It means just as if I never did it. Okay? So when Jesus comes into your heart, you ask him to forgive your sins, it's just as if you never, ever committed any sin, no matter what it is, because you've been justified by faith. So we now have peace with God. So some of you that keep bringing up your sins, bringing up your past, telling God how terrible you are, you need to come to peace with God. Some of you, what we did earlier, you need to come to peace with God by giving your heart and your life to him. Amen? I'm at peace with God. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not just waiting until I get out of here in old age to be at peace with God. No, I'm at peace with God every day. Amen. Amen. And then when I'm ready, I'll call my kids in, pray over them, prophesy over my great-grandkids, my grandkids. Amen. My daughter-in-laws. Have you give me, I'll probably let you see one last look at me at 90. And then lift up my legs, I'm out of here. So, I don't know why you lift your legs up. I guess that's what they say. <laughs> so, this is an interesting Christmas message. Let's just move right along. Golly, man, we just need to just, I don't know. The second kind of peace, are you ready? <laughs> is peace with others. Did you ever hear this one? Peace with others. If you begin to glorify God, you will begin to have peace with others. No, I don't believe that. When your ways please the Lord, the scripture says, he'll even cause your enemies to be at peace with you. doesn't mean they're going to like you. It just means they won't have any power over you. Are you here? <laughs> so it's time to have peace with others. Yeah, yeah, you know the Christmas uh, relatives? 
You got a few days to practice my message now. So pace your floor. Glory to God in the highest, Lord. They're all coming over here. Glory to God in the highest. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy's going to pull up with his camper, Lord. Uncle, uncle, whatever. <laughs> and the guy that's going to come in with his 10 dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glory to God in the highest. Peace, 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 peace. Huh? How many are ready for that? Or the gift exchange moment. Right? How many of you got the gift exchange? You fight over what you gave each other. I'm <laughs> the only one here. I mean, it was so bad in our house. One, one time my mom had to put uh, numbers on, on Christmas presents. Remember that, Mom? And then she lost the numbers, so I was opening up Barbie dolls. What's the matter with you, Mom? I know who I am. Back in my days, we played, if you're a man, you played with a G.I. Joe doll. If you're a girl and you wanted to go to war, it was G.I. Jane. There was no such thing as G.I. Don't Know doll. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I told you I was going to behave myself today. All right, now. I told you, I'm, you brought your families, you brought your relatives. I gotta behave, I gotta behave, gotta behave. Gotta, 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 come next week, we'll unbehave. <laughs> okay. All right, look at Philippians chapter four. Because you can, have, you can have peace. Also, the third one, well, let me just back up peace with others. Romans 12, 18, if possible, it says, live peacefully with all. Well, how many is all? Yeah, even your mother in law. <laughs> Nobody said, notice how quiet it is. You have not come to peace with mother-in-law, have you? That's what it is. Oh, my mother-in-law might be watching. I'm completely at peace with you, mother-in-law. I love you. You know, really, you're the best mom. I love you. And I love my other mom. I love you guys. It's great. You're wonderful. All right. So, if possible... As far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. But when you start glorifying God in your life and make him a priority, his love will begin to be shed abroad in your heart, but so will his peace that you're not going to get wigged out about everything. Oh, I just can't have them over at my house. Well, what you need to do is draw a line around your house before they come. Tell the devil, you aren't going to bring that spirit into my home. If you have to, before they enter in and they get out of their car, say, get out of the car, get some anointing of oil. What are you doing? I'm casting the devil out before you come into my house. And there's two things that'll happen. Either the devil will leave and you'll have a great Christmas, or they'll leave. I'm helping you today. Look at this. All right. So, peace with God. Peace with others. And how about the last one? Be at peace yourself. Don't be anxious, Philippians 4 says, about anything, but in everything, by prayer. See, there's that, there's that blend. By prayer. Come on, peace on earth. Glory to God in the highest. That blend. Come on, heaven and earth. But by prayer and supplication with, anxi uh, with anxiety, with thanksgiving, <laughs> let your requests be known to God. Will you come up to the piano here real quick? i got to get done, man. I don't know what's happening. 
And the peace of God, which, notice this, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. All right, now let's look at the last part of this. Put up Luke chapter 2, verse 14, because I want you to see the other part. So you glorify God, you honor Him, you love Him, and guess what the next thing that begins to happen? That flooding of peace. I like it. Nothing missing, nothing broken, right? You're just rock solid. You're just wavered. You know, people keep saying, well, Pastor Rank, you don't seem wavered. No, I'm glorifying God in the highest, and He's flooded me with peace. It's like a rock. I'm unchanged. I'm unmoved. Plus, I know how it's going to end. All right, now, look. God is good. Establish that. Those of you that are watching, part of the message that the angels declared is, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, watch this, and goodwill towards men. If there's anything that I have a revelation of in my life, and it's something that comes by, by being intimate with God. You say, well, what do you mean by being intimate? Listen, telling him things I don't tell anybody else. Asking him to tell me anything that he's not saying to somebody else. I want to hear your heart, God. I, I want to know, you know, I ask God questions like, what's your favorite color? If I was to sing a song to you, what would be the favorite song that you would want me to sing to you? Lord, if I could say anything at this moment to you as you're here and I'm with you, what would you want me to say? And then often he'll say, you say it. And then I feel him laugh and I'll say something that'll make him laugh. That's how you build intimacy. And when you discover that kind of intimacy with him, and you, or you say, you know, Father, I, I don't want anything but to see your face, you know. I, I, I'm hungry for you, you know. Or I'll tell him, you know, put your face right here because I'm going to kiss it. And I, I don't care if you think I'm weird. I just begin to, if you saw me, you might think, that guy's kissing the air. No. No. Again, there's a blending of heaven and earth. And, I may not be able to see him, but I kiss him anyway. And then as a result, you begin to understand a revelation happens in you. Wow, God, you are so good. That's why I'm not wigged out over the earth, the nation. He's a good God. And he hates that which comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So God is a good God. Now, here's what you have to understand. Good means good. Good in everything, good in his motives, good in how he treats you, good in whatever prayer I pray I'm going to expect to see his goodness. And here's the beautiful part. Jesus called himself the good shepherd. Don't you love that in John 10? I'm the good shepherd, he says. In other words, it's his responsibility to take care of you, to feed you, to clothe you, to lead you. But then I like this, look at this, Psalm 145, verse 7, God is good to all. All means all. In fact, there's 655 verses that mention about God being good. And here's what you have to see. It's not just a little bit of goodness, you know. How many of you ever had somebody that, you know, they're good, good partially, but then there's a whole lot of non-good about somebody? You ever had that? That you've met somebody like that? God's not that way. I mean, he is so amazingly good. And, and so Psalm 145, look at this. Verse 7, it says, They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. When's the last time you prayed prayers like that? God, today I expect to experience your abundant goodness. 
Well, the scripture says in the book of Ephesians, he's the God that does exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that you ask or think. So if he's willing to do that, then say, well, then abundantly show your goodness to me today. One of the greatest intimate prayers I love to pray with God, especially at Christmas time, because I'm a little kid, so to speak, in my heart with God, where I want stuff. How many of you want stuff? I want stuff. Right, Brenda? I want stuff. I give her my list. This is what I want. And mom, you remember that. I probably had the longest list of all the kids. Well, I had 10,000 trains, 400, this and that. Are you, are you here? But what I've learned something with God is I always will say to him, God, wow me today with your goodness. And you'll be amazed at the blessings that will surprise you show up. And I think God does that so that you can return like the one leopard and just look up and say thank you. You're so good. But I, how many of you have ever heard, you know, the message or the word where the name of God is Jehovah? Jehovah. And you, you've heard like, you know, Jehovah Nisi. What is that? The Lord is our banner. Jehovah Jireh. But you know, 2 Chronicles 30, verse 18. I want you to put this up. Not many people talk about this character of God connected to Jehovah. And so in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 18, are they putting that up? Do they have it? I want you to see it, and then we're going to dismiss you here in just a moment. But notice what it says at the end of that scripture. It says, but Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, may the Lord, who is good, pardon everyone. Do you know what that word right there, it says, may the Lord who is good? In the Hebrew, it's Jehovah the good. So one of the names of God is Jehovah the good. And yet we always hear Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, right? What about Jehovah the good? That's his name. He's God the good. And so I want you to stand to your feet because everything that God is, is good. Everything that God says is good. Everything that God makes is good. Everything that God does is good. And so what's the unchanged Christmas message? Come on, put up Luke chapter 2. Let's look at it again. What was the angel so excited to announce? Are you ready? Glory to God in the highest. So what's the message? Glorify God. How do you glorify Him? Worship Him. Honor Him. Love Him. Right? Do what He says. Glorify God. Then what's the next thing? Peace begins to come. And no matter what situation you're facing, no matter what's happening, I believe in the earth, the peace of God begins to flood. But ultimately, how are things going to turn out in your life? How are things going to turn out in your marriage if you glorify God? If you begin to experience his peace well you're going to see then the extension or what i call the manifestation of something something will begin to manifest if it's your marriage you're going to have a, a beautiful marriage if it's your nation you're going to have a nation under god with truth and justice and liberty for all if it's your finances you're going to come to peace with it but there's going to then be a manifestation connected to it what is it God is going to extend his goodness, so that means if he's going to extend his goodness, there needs to be some kind of interjection, just like Jesus was 
that Christmas, there's some interjection of the Lord, and with that will come a manifestation. Provision. Come on, the goodness of God over your health, the goodness of God over your finances, the goodness of God over your life, your job, whatever you're facing. What's the message? Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill towards men. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We honor you today, and we glorify you first and foremost. We worship you, and we acknowledge that there is no one greater than you, the Almighty God. Flood our lives now with your peace because your anger, your wrath has been satisfied in the payment of our sin through Jesus Christ. Now we have access to the two realms, heaven and earth meeting. We have two results. We have heaven's access and heaven's release for us here upon the earth. Flood us with peace. Peace, God, with you. Peace with ourselves and even peace with others. We ask for peace even over our cities, our nation, and all the things that are going. We ask for your interjection of peace. Lastly, we thank you. Goodwill towards us. Your intentions, your agenda. Your arm that is not so short that it cannot save is extending towards us in your goodness. And so, Lord, we just receive that goodness. And as the psalm says, Lord, that this shall be a year of your goodness. We already declared ahead of time. 2021, W-O-N, a year of victory, a year of goodness, Lord, a year of celebration. If you can, just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I surrender to you. I glorify you. I receive your peace. Flood my soul, my life, my body. Oh, Prince of Peace. I receive not only your peace, but your goodness towards me and all that concerns me. It is well. Amen. That's the unchanged Christmas message. All right. Well, praise God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to smile at somebody, and I want you to tell them that you're so glad that you're here today. And don't forget Tuesday night and Wednesday night. I love you, and I'll see you next week. Thank you. God bless you. Give somebody a hug on your way out. <laughs>